Welcome to the Loving Wellness Podcast, your compass to embracing a holistic approach to health, one that extends love not only to your body and spirit, but also ripples outward to those around you. I'm your host, Ava Nori, a registered dietitian and your wellness BFF. Together, we'll dive deep into all the ways you can practice loving wellness in your own life and tap into the healthiest, happiest, most aligned version of yourself through both solo episodes and conversations with experts in many fields. Let's get into the show. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Loving Wellness Podcast. I'm so excited to be recording a solo episode today because I feel like I haven't done one of these in so long because the last episode that was supposed to be a solo episode, and if you're new here, I do solo episodes every other week and on the weeks that I don't do them, I do guest interviews. So last week we had an awesome interview with Katherine Schaffler, and if you haven't listened to that one, you definitely should. It's all about perfectionism and how we can use perfectionism to our advantage And it really shifted my views on the entire idea of perfectionism. So if you've ever identified with being a perfectionist or you know someone in your life who is very perfectionistic, you could send it to them. It's a really awesome episode and that one was really fun to record. But the one before that was the rebrand episode for the podcast, which I did kind of go solo for 10 minutes talking about that. But the bulk of the episode was me sharing an interview I did on my friend Carolina's podcast called Inner Growth. And that podcast kind of flipped the script and was more about my story, my inner growth journey, my wellness journey, and what loving wellness is all about. So if you haven't checked that out and you're new here, or if you just want to get to know me and my story a little more, that's a great episode to start with. But yes, all this to say, I am excited to be back recording a full solo episode. And this topic is something I've been wanting to talk about since literally October. And I'm finally recording this episode now. It's December 17th as I speak. So better late than never. But I wanted to chat about this topic of alcohol, why I don't drink alcohol, my relationship with alcohol, my journey with it, and just kind of talking about living a sober curious slash sober lifestyle. And I want to make the distinction before I even get into this topic that I am not sober. I just live an alcohol-free lifestyle. And I, I want to say that because I think it's very different to be dealing with the disease that is alcoholism than to choose not to drink alcohol. And I recognize that this is a choice for me and I want to be respectful towards and sensitive towards people who do deal with alcoholism and do experience that and are sober because of that. And it's a very different experience and I don't mean to compare mine to that of someone who has had alcoholism or does have alcoholism. So with that being said, I am going to talk about why I don't drink alcohol today and I get questions about this like I was saying a lot in my own life with friends and family. Clients always ask me about this and I thought I'd finally put it together in one place and I guess I'll just share where I was before I stopped drinking alcohol and where my head was at, what my experience and relationship with alcohol was like first and why I decided to stop and what I've learned from it and all the benefits I've experienced because it has been very beneficial and very, very life-changing. And I don't 
think I would be where I am today if I didn't cut alcohol out. And that sounds kind of silly, but it really is something that is so transformative when you can make a decision like that for yourself, or at least it has been for me. So let's get into where I was at with alcohol. So my relationship with alcohol has never been something problematic. It was never something that I struggled with. So I want to make that really clear because I know that a lot of people have a different experience and I can't really speak to that or share from that perspective. But what I can say is that alcohol is something that I definitely felt a social pressure to participate in, meaning I never really liked alcohol. I've never liked the taste of it. It was never something where my family grew up, you know, all of us having wine at the dinner table and it was a taste thing or anything like that, which I don't know how common that even is in households in the USA. I feel like that's more of a European thing, but Although I have a dad who loves wine, I was never really into any of that and never really had a relationship with alcohol where it was for the taste or for the purely kind of flavor enhancing benefits it adds to a meal or anything like that. So I never really liked alcohol growing up. I always thought it tasted bad. And then I went to college and that's when drinking alcohol became kind of a normal routine thing because that's what you do in college, right? You have to go to all the parties and drink with your friends and drink on Wednesday nights for Wine Wednesdays and Tequila Tuesday and you go out Friday and Saturday and sometimes even Thursday because the weekend in college for some reason starts on a Thursday night. So it really was a lot of drinking in college and I never really honestly had a lot of like quantity. I'm a tiny person. I never really was someone who binge drank in the sense of the word, but I definitely drank quite a bit for a little bit. And especially in the beginning years of college, when that's the culture you kind of get into and you think that that's what you need to do to have a social life, it was definitely rampant and it was definitely a bigger part of my life. And it was so unconscious for me. I did not make intentional choices back then. I wasn't living in alignment or living in a way that I was thinking really hard about. I was kind of just doing what everyone else was doing. Of course, I had my moments where I was connected and felt this intuitive voice inside of me and felt this deeper urge to live as who I want to be. But in college, that's so hard. And I think I suppressed that for so long. And so if anyone can relate to that, I'm sure that's not I'm not the only person who's experienced that in college. It's such a transformative time, but it's also a time where a lot of people lose themselves. And I wouldn't say I lost myself, but I definitely did want to stick to the status quo in a sense. And so I drank a lot in college, especially in the first few years, and it was definitely not great for my body and for my health. I remember I used to get sick so often in college, and I would always have a cold, a cough. I would always lose my voice too. I, my voice sounded so different in college. It was definitely because of all of the drinking I did because that's so acidic to the esophagus and I wasn't sleeping and that can change your voice and all these things. I sounded like a different person, but not to get too off on a tangent, I definitely was living in a way that all around, not just with the alcohol, but I wasn't sleeping that much and I was pulling all-nighters and I was taking stimulants at times to study and I was doing things that just were not loving to me and my body. But fast forward to the middle towards the end of college, COVID happens and as 
maybe a lot of you remember, we started kind of asking ourselves all the deeper questions at that time. And I was asking myself a lot of these types of questions. I was really awakening to my own self and my own soul and what I really want and who I really am and what my choices are and what choices were aligned with who I want to be and which ones weren't. And slowly I started to realize that alcohol was not making me feel good and it was not making me feel like I was living in alignment with my highest self, my best version of myself. And that's a really hard realization to come to when you're in college and all everyone around you does for socialization is drinking and things that revolve around drinking, right? So I definitely struggled with that for a really long time because sometimes it can feel like you have nothing to relate about with people because they're all doing this one thing and you're not doing it with them. So you're the odd one out. You're not belonging with the group. And this goes with anything, right? Anything that people are all doing that you are choosing not to do, it's always a little interesting to start to come to that realization and slowly inch away from what everyone else is doing. Whether it's with alcohol or maybe it's a belief system, maybe it's just the way you live your life and the things you value and you're realizing the things that you value are not the same as the things that the people you surround yourself with value. And that can be really hard to come to as well. So if anyone out there is experiencing this right now in any way, shape or form, I so feel you and my heart is with you because that can be so tough. But I'm going to share more on this in the end of the episode on how to deal with the social aspects of not drinking because I think that can be the toughest part of this. So when COVID started and during the rest of college, I definitely, my alcohol drinking decreased drastically and I was drinking way less and I was also just kind of going through it in terms of trying to figure out all of this stuff spiritually inside of me and I was definitely on a very intense inner growth spurt in my life. So that was part of it and I definitely drank less and was feeling good drinking less. And that's all information, right? Feedback from the body like that, it's all good information to take into account when we make choices like this. Then after college, I ended up moving to New York. And in New York, I started drinking a little more again, because when you go to New York, you realize that one of the main things people like to do for fun in New York as well is drinking and things that revolve around drinking once again and going out and having drinks with dinner and going out to clubs and bars and a lot of nightlife, a lot of alcohol-related things. So I started drinking more again and going out more and I noticed a few things. A, the more I drank, the shittier I felt physically. I'm talking health-wise. I didn't have nearly as much energy My fatigue levels were really bad, especially the day after I would drink, and my mental clarity wasn't good, and I was in a very intense grad school program, so I couldn't afford to not have a sharp mind. And just the sheer act of going out late, and whether you're drinking or not, going to bed five hours later than you normally would on a weekend night sets you up to be kind of jet-lagged throughout the week. You kind of have to readjust your sleep schedule, and so my sleep schedule was really off and I wasn't getting good rest and all of these things were kind of starting to affect me when I was in a very stressful season of life. So 
that little short spurt of drinking a lot more, going out a lot more did not last me that long because one night I was out in New York with two of my best friends. I was drinking what my favorite drink was at the time. Before I stopped drinking, the only thing I was drinking at that time was hard kombucha because it was super light and it didn't make me feel that bad. And I was drinking a hard kombucha. I had one hard kombucha, I remember. And I don't know what happened. There, there wasn't an event or anything like that, but... I just decided to do an experiment and stop drinking for a month. And it was like, I'm just going to stop drinking and see how long I can go. I'll definitely be able to last a month. Like, I don't like to drink anyway. I just need a little bit of a reset. I don't feel well. And this isn't really serving me anymore. So let's just stop this and I'm going to reassess. And that day was October 22nd, 2021. And I haven't drank since, which is super wild to think about and it really wasn't meant to be something indefinite but it turned into something that I just kept wanting to do because it felt so good so it started out as an experiment and here we are still two months and or two years and what is it two months later And obviously, I wouldn't be staying alcohol-free if I didn't have other reasons besides I was doing an experiment. So I will say one of the biggest things for me was the spiritual reasons of just not feeling like I was living in alignment with not feeling like I was living in a way that was aligned with my morals and values and what I value now. And that's a big part of this is really understanding and accepting that as we change and grow and evolve and go into higher levels of consciousness, but also just as we age and as we change as people on this human level, our priorities are changing and our values are changing. And through the experiences we have, we are changing what we are prioritizing and our mindsets. And obviously our ideas of fun are changing too. And so all these things are changing, right? And I think that New York was a big fast track for change in my life and growth. And I am like a completely different person now, having moved back a few years later than I was when I first moved to New York. And a part of that is that I value things that don't involve alcohol. And I I value my health. And my number one priority is my relationship with myself and with God, really, and the source of this life, with the universe, my relationship with life itself. And that's really a priority to me is my own spiritual growth and spiritual practices and my relationship to the source of it all. And then I value my health really above anything else because when we're not healthy, we really can't participate in anything else in this life, right? We can't be there for our loved ones. We can't be successful in our careers. We can't help other people who are in need, we can't do any of that when we're not feeling well. So health is really a huge priority for me, obviously, as we know from the name of this podcast, from my profession, from basically my whole life. So not only spiritually was alcohol not aligning with me anymore, but health-wise and physically, obviously I knew that it wasn't feeling good for me to drink. And then I'm also learning all this information and diving deep into the research on alcohol and learning that No amount of alcohol has been found to be safe anymore. And there's a lot of interesting, good research on this that even just a very moderate amount for both women and men is carcinogenic. And alcohol is a toxin. It's a known toxin. So I had to stop and think and ask myself, why am I willingly putting a toxin into my body when there are 
thousands of toxins that are out of my control, like the chemicals and our food system and our water and all these different places in our environments where there are so many toxic exposures and they're not things to be afraid of and I don't want to fear monger at all but it's like we are exposed to a lot of things that our great-grandparents were not exposed to and so we have to be a little bit more careful and intentional about our environments and potentially if needed doing things to assist our bodies in detoxifying from the things in our environment. So why would I add another thing that is blatantly toxic into my body to then put excess strain on my liver to detoxify it? And yes, detoxification is real. It is a real process in our bodies. Our livers are one of the primary organs, but also we detoxify through our kidneys. We need our skin, our gut, our lymphatic system, all these different systems in our bodies to assist us in detoxifying things in our environment, things in our food, things that we pick up. So I just start to think to myself and really lean into that idea of why would I add something more to my body to have to do that with? If my intention in this life and my priority in this life is to live in a way that's healthy and vibrant and radiant and light and full of energy and just abundant health, why would I put something in my body that isn't that? Now, here's the thing. That sounds very extreme. It sounds a little harsh. And it also is like, okay, we all know that certain things are bad for us, yet some of us do those things anyway. Actually, most of us do a lot of things anyway when we know that they're not going to be great for our health, but sometimes we're choosing a different intention with that thing. So it's like, okay, maybe that cake wasn't the most loving to my body because that sugar doesn't make me feel good when I eat it. But it was also a means of social connection. So I'm going to go into it knowing that my body might not feel the best after I eat this cake, but it's worth it to me because it will make my family happy if I have the cake that my grandma baked or something like that. It's, you know, there's so many different situations and scenarios I could come up with. But the point is, sometimes we do things that aren't going to be the best for our body or things that we're putting into our bodies that we know aren't great. And my motto with all of that is do the best you can with what you have given. So if I'm out at a restaurant and the best option is something that I maybe normally wouldn't eat at home, I'm not going to sweat it because I'm out at a restaurant and that's the best option. Sometimes other things that we have given to us is not just the options we have, but the information we know. So sometimes things aren't really brought into our awareness until they are, and then we become awakened to those things. Like I've been digging deep into circadian biology and circadian rhythms and light exposure for health. And it was something I was always kind of aware of in a certain sense to a certain degree, But now I'm diving deep into it and I'm really understanding the impact that light exposure has on our hormones and all these different things. And before that, I wasn't fully aware and I wasn't really awakened to the full picture. So before I was doing things that maybe weren't loving to my body, weren't healthy for my body, I was not prioritizing getting sunlight in the morning because I didn't realize exactly how powerful and beneficial that is. And I say this to share that sometimes we aren't aware of certain things and so it's not like we're making an intentional choice not to do them. So it's also that with alcohol. It's like I was drinking a lot until I realized truly how potent the effects are on our health in a negative way and it's not to say that everyone who drinks is going to get cancer or anything like that but as I was going through all this I was also realizing like I don't love alcohol. I don't love the way it makes me feel 
and it's not good for me. Like this is an easy thing I can cut out that is going to make a massive effect on my health. And you know what? This might be controversial, but I don't think you have to cut alcohol out to be healthy. And I don't know how controversial that is. I mean, some people would completely agree with me. I think other people would be like, no, cut it out at all costs. I think there's a lot of different things to say here. A, if you're trying to heal from something or you have chronic illness and you have symptoms you're trying to clear from your body, anything like that, if you're going through a health struggle, I would cut it out completely just because of its effects on the liver, on the body, and on our health and on our brain. And there's just so much research. I didn't want to make this episode too scientific about like the health detriments of alcohol. I more wanted to make this about the bigger picture and the takeaways from my journey with alcohol. If you're interested in the science, there's a ton and I can also send you studies if you're interested or maybe I'll link a couple into the show notes. But yes, if you are trying to heal from some sort of illness, disease, something like that, I would obviously tell you to cut alcohol out because it's not going to be beneficial and if anything, it's going to prevent you from being able to heal as easily. However, if you're healthy and alcohol brings you so much joy and connection and you're drinking at a dinner party with your loved ones and it's nothing but positive, that actually might be a situation where the pros outweigh the cons of alcohol. So it's not that alcohol is this evil entity that you should never put in your body. I don't believe in that, but I do believe in making empowered decisions based on your own experiences, your own health, and your own worldview and values that are going to be in alignment with who you want to be. So my priorities are health and my spiritual growth and so many other things, and connection is one of them, and I've honestly realized that I prefer connecting without alcohol, so I'll get into that in a second as well. But you may value different things, and that's something to just look at in yourself if you're thinking of changing up your relationship with alcohol, changing up how much you drink, how often you drink, and maybe even not drinking anymore. So just to recap a little, I know I've gone a little bit all over the place, but A, the consensus is that alcohol is not a health-promoting beverage. It is not promoting to health in any way. So if you are going to drink it, go in with the information and the awareness that it's not going to be something that is good for your body. And I know there's a lot of studies on red wine that have actually been debunked. And also what I would say to that is that the reason that red wine is considered so healthy is because of the resveratrol and all the other polyphenols in the alcohol, which you can get from food and you can get from different plant sources. So you don't need it from the red wine. So that's what I would say to that. And also a lot of the things around having red wine and the blue zones are because these people are coming together in a form of connection and gathering and socialization to have alcohol. And it's not a huge amount of binge drinking. It's one glass of wine with a meal. And that is why they're having these health promoting effects. And I don't think you need the alcohol to do that. I think we need to connect more is the moral of that story. So that is another caveat. And then B is this idea of intentionally drinking alcohol. So I shared that example of if you're going to have alcohol at this dinner party and it's connecting you with other people, yes, you could be connecting with people without the alcohol, as I just kind of mentioned in my previous example, but also you could be just drinking that intentionally that night and having that be loving. And so what is your intention with alcohol? Why are you choosing to drink this day, this time, at this party, at this night. These are all things that I would suggest you ask yourself to really explore that relationship with alcohol and knowing 
if you're going into it with a loving, positive intention? And two really easy questions that are at the core of loving wellness, which is the name of this podcast, obviously, but also my wellness method and philosophy. These two questions that can really help you to understand what your intention is with alcohol and if it's going to be a good choice for you maybe to drink one night or to drink in general are one, is it loving? So is this alcohol going to be loving to my body tonight? Is it going to be loving to share this alcohol with my loved ones or to go out and drink with these people? Is it loving? And then B or two, is it serving me? So is this drink serving me? Is the act of drinking serving me? Is this night out serving me? Asking these two questions can really help you identify if it's going to feel good and be a loving act for you to drink. And like I said earlier, I don't think that everyone needs to cut alcohol out completely. And that's where these questions come in. So I like that as a barometer to see if alcohol is going to fit into your life, how much alcohol is going to fit into your life, and to just take it on a case-by-case basis. And that's something I always tell people is everyone's like, are you going to not drink forever? And I'm like, I honestly don't know. Probably. But if I ever want to drink or if I am feeling a desire, I check in with myself all the time. I've had so many instances in the last couple years where I've asked myself, like, is it going to be loving to me to have alcohol tonight? Is this the night where I decide to have a drink? And that's going to be okay. Like, I don't have any harsh boundaries set with I'm never going to drink again and all of this stuff, even given the fact that it's definitely not going to make me feel good and it's definitely going to add to the burden of my liver and all the things I talked about before. It's like, okay, once again, going back to what I said after that with weighing the pros and cons and weighing that against, is this going to be really loving and fun and serving for me to drink with this group of people or to have a drink right now and share a glass of wine with X person? And I'll be honest, the answer has never been a yes up until this point. It's been a, eh, not really, or no, I'm not feeling it tonight, or no, I do not want that in my body tonight. That's what my body tells me. I talk to my body, I have conversations with my body, and my body has not wanted alcohol. My mind hasn't even wanted it, and for now, there's just so many variables at this point. It's like, did I sleep well the night before? Because if I didn't, it's going to only impact my sleep even more. And I didn't even get into the effects of alcohol and sleep, but they're definitely not good. And, you know, is this something that I'm going to be using as a social crutch is another question. So sometimes it's like, yeah, I kind of want to drink because I feel awkward. And then it's something to work on within myself of like, I don't need to drink in order to be social and to hold a conversation with people. And if that puts me outside of my comfort zone, then that's a good thing. So it's asking myself all those different questions. Is it drinking just so I can fit in with this group of people? All these different things that I'm thinking. It's not just, is it loving or is it serving me? But those two questions kind of take all of those other things into account. And you can use those questions with anything, not just with alcohol. It could be with a certain food you want to put in your body, a workout you want to do. Is this workout going to be loving? Is it going to serve me? It could be with a supplement you're going to take. With whatever it is, you could use those questions and they are very, very helpful to figure out if something works for you or not and if something is going to be worth your time or your money or your effort or anything like that. So I think that's a good place to stop with why I don't drink alcohol, my background with alcohol, how I got to the place I am now, and really sharing kind of those questions that you can ask yourself and sharing that it doesn't have to be an all or nothing thing for you. 
because, and I talk about this a lot, one of the core principles of loving wellness is that the same thing that works for you is not what is going to work for me. And the same thing that works for me is definitely not what's going to work for you because we are different and our bodies are different and we need different things at different times. And a huge part of all this is to let go of comparison when it comes to wellness and what we do for health, but also what we do in general and not just for wellness, but in every aspect of our lives. Comparison is never going to get you to where you want to go. So you can let my words inspire you and my story to inspire you, to allow you to see that there are other ways of living and that you don't have to drink in order to live a good life, in order to have fun, which I'm going to get into next is socializing without alcohol. But you don't have to do exactly what I do and you don't have to cut alcohol out in order to be healthy. But these are things that you can start to think about within yourself and I, I really want this to be a thought starter for you. So with that being said, I'm going to get into socializing without alcohol and how my experience has been with that because it's definitely the biggest question I get is how do you have fun without alcohol? How has your social life changed? And what do you do for fun if alcohol isn't a part of that? So the first thing I want to say is I definitely struggled with this for a while because it wasn't easy, especially at the age I was at. You know, I was 22 years old when I stopped drinking completely. And before that, when I was 21, I was drinking way less and trying to understand where alcohol fit into my life, if it fit into my life and really tapering back. But I was still surrounded by people who were drinking a lot because that's what college was like. And it felt pretty isolating for a little bit. And it also doesn't help when people around you are trying to get you to drink more because maybe they want to feel better about how much they're drinking or they want you to feel like you're a part of the group or, you know, who knows why people want to peer pressure other people to drink. But those are definitely things that I dealt with and have experienced and it's definitely not easy. So I don't want to come out and say that, oh my God, it's just so easy to have fun without alcohol because it depends on what life stage you're at. It depends on how old you are, especially because... Being in college, it's definitely not the easiest time to stop drinking versus when you're a little bit older in your late 20s or something, I think it's a lot easier because a lot more people around you aren't drinking as much and people are more sure of who they are. So if alcohol doesn't fit into who they want to be or what their life looks like or they just don't value that anymore, they aren't drinking just to fit in with other people as often as you'll see in younger age groups. And that's just part of growing up. So I wanted to say that first. But as someone who has had the experience at a young age of not drinking pretty early on, I will say a big part of it is just confidence and going into social situations, being confident in your decision not to drink. Because when you don't have confidence, you're much more easily swayed. And if your intention that night was to not drink and then you end up drinking because peer pressure gets the best of you or everyone else is drinking, so you feel like you have to, it's definitely not a good feeling when you go home and when you wake up. And I think a lot of people can relate to that where it's like, oh, I'm not drinking tonight. And then they end up wasted and waking up the next morning regretting it all. So being confident with your decision is one big thing. But I think a lot of it is also just redefining fun and changing your lifestyle. Because a big part of this when getting into health and wellness and really making your health a healthy lifestyle instead of, oh, I'm going on this detox It's a lot of different things that are changing in your life, and that includes your social wellness too. I touched on this earlier, but the idea that as we're changing and growing and evolving, when it comes to our wellness journeys, spiritually, personally, just in general, 
our priorities are changing as well. Our values are changing. And as we start to live this lifestyle in a way that is promoting of health and happiness and abundance and being the best version of ourselves, our priorities start to shift. And that means our lifestyles start to shift with those priorities, or at least they should, because if we're saying we're prioritizing one thing, but not living it out and our actions don't align, then there's a big discrepancy and disconnect there. And that's something I would suggest that you look at. But if we are actually changing our priorities and then changing our actions based on those priorities, then naturally our lives are going to shift. So that's what happened for me. And what happened for me is that I started to prioritize other things and redefining fun in a way that was aligned with the life I want to live. Listen, I used to think going out was the most fun thing ever. I used to love going out, going to a bar, getting drunk, going to a party, like that was fun for me. I actually saw that as being fun until I didn't anymore. And that's what change is all about, right? So now I don't think that that's fun anymore, to be honest. I have no interest in going to a bar in the late hours of the night because that's just not fun for me anymore. My fun on a Saturday night is a dinner party with close friends or even friends that I'm not really that close with, but in a more intimate setting in someone's home, in my own home, having people over cooking for them and all gathering around. And don't get me wrong, there can be wine at the table. I'm just not drinking it. And if other people are drinking it, that's so fine. And I don't think that we have to push our own agendas and our own ways of being and living on other people. But I do think that having more intimate social gatherings has been a lot more fulfilling for me. So that's one example of how fun has changed for me. Or even just going out to a dinner on a Saturday or Friday or a weeknight, something like that, where it's like we're going out, out meaning to the restaurant and maybe we'll go do something after. But it's not going to be going out to a bar is the main priority of the night. It's the main plan and the the goal is to get drunk. Like that is not something that interests me anymore. So it's something that you have to look at within yourself and look at what your weekends look like. What does your life look like? And does that align? In a similar way, there was a time where I thought it was so fun to go to a brunch that had bottomless mimosas and get drunk on a Sunday morning. And that was a part of my idea of fun. And the people I was surrounded with thought that that was fun too. So that was great for that time of my life. And now I would much rather wake up early and go on a hike with someone and chat or meet up for a coffee walk or have people over for brunch or, you know, even going out to a brunch that just doesn't have bottomless mimosas. All of these things don't have to require alcohol. It's also about the people you surround yourself with. So that's another big part of it. And I know that takes time to shift. So it's not an overnight thing. And it also is about your mindset going into it. So if people around you are drinking, I have had so many situations where I've been surrounded by people drinking and that's still fun for me. It's still okay because my intention going into the night is to have fun and to be my best self and to spread that love and joy with my loved ones. So it doesn't have to be something where it's like, oh, I don't hang out with people if they're drinking. It's all about your intention going into it being sure of yourself, being confident about yourself, and then finding other ways so that the only thing you're doing isn't just being surrounded by other people who are drinking. I think for once in a while, it's totally great to be around people who are drinking and you're not because it's also good practice of learning how to have fun and socialize without drinking. But I also think it's important to add in things just like we do with food, adding in more nourishing things like fruits and vegetables instead of thinking about restrictive 
taking away. It's more about what can we add in. In a similar way with alcohol, it's about how, or with socializing with alcohol, it's about how can we add in social activities that are not revolved around drinking. And so other things I love to do, going to shows like comedy shows, or maybe you like theater, or maybe it's a concert you want to go to, but going into that thing sober and realizing that it's actually so much easier to be present and to remember the beautiful memories you're making when you aren't drinking. And shifting a lot of social things to be during the day, those are also just things that are more likely to not have drinking involved. So if you're looking for ways to involve more social activities that don't revolve around drinking, doing things during the day, like taking a day trip to a cute town nearby, or maybe going to the beach, or doing things that are more wholesome, if you will, are also good things to incorporate so that you don't feel like you're deprived of being social especially if you're in a place where the people you're surrounded by are drinking a lot and you want to have more intimate connections with them. You want to deepen that. You want to socialize with them without having to drink and you don't know how. One other thing I wanted to mention is also that there are a lot of non-alcoholic options available now in terms of events and social gatherings. So Absence of Proof is a huge one. And I had the founder of Absence of Proof, Elizabeth, on the podcast a few, I mean, it was like maybe 20 episodes ago, but it's such a good episode and you should definitely go listen to it. It's all about how she started this non-alcoholic bar pop-up called Absence of Proof in New York. And now it's become a nationwide company and Elizabeth has gone full-time with this. She has Absence of Proof pop-ups in many different cities across the US. And those are a great way to be surrounded by other people who aren't drinking and enjoying a night out and enjoying some mocktails in the setting of a bar, if that's something that you love to do, but without alcohol and without the pressure of having to drink alcohol. So I think those are also a great option. And I'm sure there's different non-alcoholic bars and things like that in different parts of the country. So if you could find one of those, that's also an awesome option. And then the last thing I'll say, or I always say it's the last thing, and then I say like five more things. But the last thing I'll say is that it's important to be okay with your idea of fun changing too in different seasons of life. And it's almost like a mourning process where you're mourning the old you who used to think that X, Y, and Z was fun, but now you're really not feeling aligned with that anymore. You're not feeling good about those choices. So it's okay to change and it's okay to find fun in different ways and find different creative outlets and different ways to spend your time. It's not just okay, it's necessary and it's a beautiful part of changing and of growing and of evolving as a person, but it's so hard in our society that tells us that there's one way to have fun and that one way is to go out and get wasted and then wake up and regret it and do it again the next weekend. And I don't know why that's become the norm and I don't know if it will ever not be the norm in mainstream society. However, I'm here to tell you that there's another way to live. You don't need to drink to have fun. That you can drink and have fun. You can also not drink and have fun. And there's so many different ways that we can define fun for us. And it's going to look different for all of us too. And it's going to change and grow and evolve as we change and grow and evolve. I think at the end of the day, we all would be a little better off if we just had a little more connection in our lives. And I think not drinking alcohol has led to that increase of deeper connection in my life and that's been so profound for me and continues to be profound and to grow and I also think that it's just so important for our physical health connection and I've mentioned that earlier in the episode it's just something that can't be overlooked 
And it's one of the reasons I keep going with this no alcohol thing. It's like I am feeling so good also in just my social life of feeling these deeper and more intimate connections because we're connecting without alcohol and it's not this thing that's preventing me from showing up as my authentic self and it's not something that I'm using as a crutch to prevent myself from living as my true self. So that's another big reason that I keep doing this and that on top of all the health benefits, on top of all of the spiritual reasons and everything I mentioned in this episode, those are all of the reasons why I do not drink alcohol. And like I said, I'll check in with myself and maybe one day it'll be a yes inside when I ask, is it loving and is it serving me? But for now, the answer is no. It has been no for over two years. And I hope that me sharing this story and all of my tips and my experience has been helpful for you. I hope it's been inspiring. And if you have any questions about this, any questions about socializing without alcohol and just living in this alcohol-free way, Let me know, and I hope you really enjoyed this episode. I really, really wanted to share all of this because I get so many questions about it, and I thought that it would be helpful, especially with the new year coming, of just trying to get people to think about their relationship with alcohol and get you to think about what you want to let go of in the new year. If that's alcohol, awesome. If it's something else that maybe came up for you while listening to this conversation, I think that a lot of the things that I talked about and the lessons and the kind of tips that I shared don't have to apply just to alcohol, but whether it's maybe recreational drugs or maybe it's a habit that you're trying to shake, whatever it is, I hope that this new year brings you some reflection and time to really assess what is working for you and what isn't in your life and I think that's what the next solo episode, the first week of the new year, is going to be. So I will talk to you all in the next episode, which will be a guest interview next Wednesday. And then in two weeks, I will be sharing that New Year's episode where we can talk more about goals and reflecting on the new year or on the year before and what we want to bring into the new year. But hopefully this kind of acted as a bit of a thought starter for you. And with that, Thank you so much for listening. I love you guys and I will talk to you in next week's episode.